Good evening. How's everybody doing? Good. I, thank you. I heard a super and a good. Is that it? Tough crowd already. <laughs> super good. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Um, my name is Trevor. For those of you that don't know me, uh, I'm one of the elders here at TNL. And like Nikki said, if this is your first time with us, we want to know that you are accepted here just as you are. And uh, thank you for being here tonight. Uh, really appreciate it. Phil um, and his family are at the happiest place on earth right now, which is uh, Casa Bonita. They're, they're taking a quick trip over there. Um, but I've been an elder since 2020, like literally got installed the day before, or like the week before everything shut down. Um, so it's been a wild ride for me, uh, but... I've enjoyed every minute of it. It's been nuts, but uh, super excited to be here. So um, Nikki alluded to it. We are in chapter two of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, uh, Life Together, specifically on um, a day with others and interacting with others daily. Uh, Phil started off our series on uh, community as it pertains to the book, uh, that was written in uh, around during World War II. The church was fractured. Those opposing the Nazi regi regime were <laughs> forced underground, and their community had to be self-sufficient with all the chaos, everything going on around them. So we're picking up in chapter two, especially towards the end of the chapter, which I found something very interesting that I'll, I'll share with you in a moment. Uh, but first, I want to ask two questions. Number one, what is one task you do almost daily? Shout it out. Read? read? Okay, yeah, reading is a task. <laughs> Brushing your teeth. I did mention something about that in here. Great. Um, so, like, yeah, like a real task, things you have to do every day. Taking the kids to and from school, games, functions, going to work, meal planning, unending chores of washing dishes, putting together Ikea furniture, which is terrible. That's not a daily thing, but it still is awful. Um, cleaning toilets. I have a three-year-old son, so that happens a lot around our house. But <laughs> you're welcome. But the fact is, it, it all takes work. We're all busy, right? And even as community, even doing community together, that takes a lot of work and effort. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight. So second question, what do you do? What do you do? So parties are a thing again, right? Like we're meeting new people, hopefully some of us. And you meet someone for the first time, and inevitably they ask, what do you do? So, so what do you tell them? Well, if you have a job, it's easy. If you don't have a job, a little harder because we identify so much with that and the, and the work that we put in. Like for me, I'm a director of a nonprofit. Um, you're a student. Homework is your thing, right? That's a great answer. Stay-at-home parent. Caring for small humans is work. It's all significant. And just like Phil said two weeks ago, all of it is great and glorious to God. So I've struggled with kind of this meaning of work, and I'm sure a lot of us have, as to like moments of what am I doing? Like, has anyone had those feelings? What's my purpose? What, what am I supposed to be doing right now? 
Like th those are really core issues that sometimes we start feeling as a part of anxiety, being disconnected from something, being disconnected from community, from work, from people. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my struggle and kind of the, the moments where I came out on the, under, on the other side that's truly informed the rest of my future and what I do. But I believe it all starts in the beginning. There it is. I can't really see that. Um, by the seventh day, God had finished his work. On the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day and made it a holy day. Because on that day, he rested from his work, all the creating God had done. This is the story of how it all started, of how heaven and earth were created. So starting at the beginning, God worked seven days, six days. Uh, seventh day, he rested. And we see part of that creation, especially living in Colorado. You can look towards the mountains. Um, and uh, for me, and what I'll get to in a little bit is um, we all have creativity, right? And God, I think, is the ultimate creator and has been shedding so much creativity. Even like we're still discovering new things. Like that's incredible. So second um, passage we'll read tonight, which we'll um, set in here. It says, God took man, or God took the man and set him down into the Garden of Eden to work the ground and to keep it in order. So God formed Adam. We know that story. And he put Adam in the garden to do what? Work. Thank you. So, and then we know how the, the rest of the story unfolds. The Bible doesn't say how much time has passed, but later the serpent entered the garden and then came the fall. Sin entered the world. We clearly see this was that, that um, work was not a result of the fall. Work came actually before sin entered the world. And after the fall, that work still existed, but because of that, it became more uh, labor-intensive, burdensome, lots of task and toil. So our work is not always an occupation, right? You don't have to have a job to do meaningful work. Our lives are full of meaningful work. Think back to my questions about what you do. And I've kind of tied this together with a lot of my life, my life stories. It's whatever we do, um, our work is worship. Our work came before sin entered the world. So I used to work at my uncle's plumbing company uh, when I was back home uh, over the summers in college. And it was brutal, brutal. So Nebraska, if any one of you have been there in the summer, it's awful. It's super humid. And so Nebraska in the summer is probably, that's enough, right? That's all you need to know. It's, it's, it's awful. But um, sometimes I'd work kind of a normal nine to five on a construction site. Sometimes I'd be uh, repairing water main breaks, gas main breaks, those, those types of things. Uh, sometimes if a uh, uh, pipe broke at a commercial building or like a retail space, they would make us work seven at night to seven in the morning just so that store could open up at like a normal operating time the next day. So that's kind of what I was dealing with. Um, but then my greatest experiences are on the pump truck at work. And what's a pump truck? 
So think of it as a very large shop vac on wheels or a um, liquid dumpster. So super gross. But basically, we would, um, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but we'd go to the meat packing plant and suck the cow fat out of the lines that got stuck. Um, and it's about a 12 by 12 trough, and one day I fell into it, and um, yeah, I could stand my pants up in the corner after that day of work. So uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that later. No more detail, I'm sorry. Um, just so you get the picture. If you want to talk more about it later, I'm, I'm happy to. <laughs> so uh, more recently, I spent the last four years as a director of a local nonprofit. We employ folks coming out of homelessness, addictions, and prison, sometimes all of the above, but we offer uh, job training so that they can have a solid work and foundation and get some flexibility, especially while still um, in the correctional system. And I'm really living out my dream job now. I love it. I love all the things that we do, but um, we do have a lot of external issues around the building. So... Uh, this is actually pretty recently with homeless camping bans and increased um, drug deals, I guess I would say. So now um, we have homelessness, crime, drugs, robberies, shootings, so forth, all the time. And um, this is probably something that's been going on a good year that we've been dealing with. And I would sometimes immediately go from Bible study to running outside aiding police and paramedics. Like, that's just a normal day. And it's never a dull moment, but what's really great about us is we've been an increased value in light to our neighbors in, in, in our area. And unfortunately, and fortunately, we've fallen on the good side of organized crime and police and paramedics, uh, which has been super interesting. But we've also gotten to know our neighbors along the way because we've been kind of realizing what issues they are dealing with as well. Uh, Due to some COVID restrictions early on, this was last summer, we were just having our Bible studies out front of the warehouse. And we're wrapping up and about to pray, and we just remember the liquor store getting robbed. And I looked down at my watch, I'm like, it's 9.30. Like, the liquor stores are already open. And unfortunately, in our area, people like to get their stuff early. And unfortunately, there's a detox uh, clinic next door. So when people are totally cleaned up, they'll hit it again. And it's a vicious cycle um, that we are working with. But nevertheless, I see my work as worship. Uh, one of the meaningful things that, that we summarize um, where I'm at is out of Isaiah. And Isaiah 2.4 says this, they will beat their swords into plowshares, their, sp their spears into pruning hooks. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. The fulfillment of the kingdom is when we can take instruments of death and destruction and turn them into something that is meaningful and fruitful and something that will provide good things in the future. And unfortunately, I get a lot of this. We get a lot of relapse. Um, and I, I tell my folks like, look, you're a new creation. You have turned your instrument of war into something that is fruitful, and you can only bend it back so many times before that piece of metal is going to break, and it's worthless. And maybe you resonate with some of that. 
So there's, let me get to Bonhoeffer, sorry. Um, so there's a, a, a <laughs> towards the end here, he, he brings up um, the day with others. And what really stuck out to me is uh, a day with others while you're working. So it, it, it's almost like he puts it in at the very end. It's like, oh, wait, we need to talk about this. But we live in a world now where uh, we have very little interaction with others. Uh, COVID did a lot of that. And then businesses just said it's cheaper to keep people at home to work. Uh, Bonhoeffer lived in a society where everyone interacted with each other. There was no work from home or very rare at, at that time. And he was one of the main leaders in the confessing church, which again, I said, opposed the Nazi regime. And this definitely was not a nine to five job where you can go home, eat dinner, watch Golden Girls, go to bed. None of that. This was his life and his calling and his ministry. And it was actually a commitment until his death. He was a professor and pastor, spent a lot of time in um, Harlem in New York, which is a well-known city for uh, poverty and social justice issues. Way out of the nine to five. And the question I, I keep bringing up is like, was he even getting paid for this? Like church is fractured, where are your donors? Half of your donors are gone. Um, or they're part of the mainstream German church at this time. And, and the way he sees it is he's living with 24 people. Um, there needs to be a contribution to the community that they have created, and they have to work to be able to contribute to their small community, right? So what he says is really fascinating to me in his book that um, you have to create a rhythm, a rhythm for what you do daily. And he says the first hour of the day is yours. It's not for, for work or the community in which you reside, just you. Spend that time in prayer. Get your day ready. Your morning starts with prayer as it pertains to your work. And so the Christian Family Fellowship was what, part of what they called it. They part ways for the day. You're off to work. You're entering into your other community the work community. I'm going to read this uh, paragraph real quick. This is, of course, from Bonhoeffer. Uh, he says, Work plunges men into the world of things. The Christian steps out of the world of brotherly encounter into the world, world of impersonal things, which he calls the it. And this new encounter frees him for objectivity, for the it world is only an instrument in the hand of God for the purification of Christians from all, all self-centeredness and self-seeking. The work of the world can be done only where a person forgets himself, he loses himself in a cause, in reality, the task, the it. In work, the Christian learns to allow himself to be limited by the task, and thus for him, work becomes a remedy in, against indolence and sloth of the flesh. The passions of the flesh die in the world of things. But this can happen only where the Christian breaks through the it to the thou, the thou which is God, who binds him work and makes that work a means of liberation for himself. That's really hard to read, I'm sorry. But the it, it is what we do. Our daily work, anyone can do the it. It's just what they do. And for people who aren't following the way of Jesus, the it is just a it. But the follower of Jesus can break through the it, the mundane, and move to thou, why we do it, for the glory of God, through prayer and the betterment of society. The it still exists, but the it has meaning. 
for God and society, also known as community. The thou is God doing everything to his glory while working. So I, I think a few practical things out of this is the follower, uh, follower of Jesus should stand out at work. The follower of Jesus, Jesus should stand out at work. Your coworkers or the people around you, the people you're interacting with on a daily basis, whether that's coffee shops or the places you frequent, um, they should notice something different about you. I have an assistant manager at work who used to be an uh, art teacher for a little bit, and all the teachers were in the uh, teacher's lounge being really negative. He's sitting in the corner, and they're like, what say you about this? And he's like, no comment. Like, I'm not getting into this. And they're like, okay, there's something different about you. Like, do tell, right? That, that's something we can do on a daily basis. Uh, number two is pray, which Bonhoeffer says over and over. Pray for your day, your work, your coworkers, your staff, and I think personally the most important, your customers, right? Incredibly important. Uh, third one is embrace the suck. There are days where things are going to be unavoidable. You're going to be stuck uh, in a rock and a hard place. Catch-22s happen. And sometimes you just feel like you can't do anything right. Who's felt that? Okay, yeah, everyone, yeah. Um, and it's how you react to the day. It's all about perspective. It generally doesn't last all day. They're hard conversations. You need to rip the Band-Aid off. And the moment you get through it, Practice gratitude. That's a big one for just embracing the suck. Look, this day is going to suck. I'm grateful that I can go home, make myself a dinner, watch, well, Golden Girls isn't funny, but watch whatever show I'm watching. I can get through this. Um, and just give thanks for the small things, right? Uh, I Nikki gave me a day planner a while back, this big sheet of paper. And at the top, I didn't even notice this. So I was like halfway through it. There's like a line up there. It's like, what are you grateful for today? I'm like, I could have been using this for six months, but it's, it's been huge. It's reduced anxiety. It's reduced stress. Like I can put something on top of that list that I'm super excited to go home to, right? Your days may suck, but you get through it. So our work influences our society and our community. And it's, it's where we impact others potentially even, in, even improving their quality of life. So think about it. When you go to the local coffee shop, pizza shop, grocery store, pharmacy, doctor, chiropractor, gym, concert, wherever, uh, donut shop, I didn't add that. Um, is it not true that in some way the people who work there directly or indirectly improve your quality of life? Right? Especially grocery stores. We've... Uh, been very thankful for them lately. So the kid behind the register may or may not be a follower of Jesus, whatever. But regardless of their faith status, we can validate their work and what they are doing. If we follow the way of Jesus, our motivation should be glorifying God in all we're doing. And sometimes that means validating the work that others are putting in that I am benefiting from. So plumbing job. When I was driving to work for this horrible plumbing job, already sweating, it hit me. This is more than a job. It's a blessing to have it, right? Money's good. It's a blessing to be able to interact with my coworkers. Again, 
people start to ask, what's different about you? All these are old, you know, grunt, grungy, that's the word I'm at. I was looking for grumpy and grungy, but you can picture a plumber in your own head. Um, they have questions, right? <laughs> they are people too. And I was able to interact and, and, and offer good questions to him or to them. And I told them I was in college for theology and they called me the theologist the whole time, which was really fun. But it's, <laughs> in doing plumbing, it one kept me in college which was great, gave me a better perspective for people. But I am literally driving down the road, like almost into Iowa, which is even worse. And it hit me. And it, just out of the blue, it's like my work is worship. Like where I'm going right now, I am benefiting someone. And especially my coworkers, which have lots of questions about faith. So our work is worship. So what about for the TNL community? What do we do here? What is the work we put in on a weekly basis? The staff here is putting in amazing work. And I remember how much Phil labored over finding us a place to meet in when we were talking about moving. He would spend hours on this daily only to get no response. Or if he did get a response, it was like, hey, fill out this form and we're going to put a question in there that's going to immediately disqualify you. And that's how it's going to work. So, and then myself and the board began meeting for quite some time, like weekly, taking time away from norms, families, jobs, um, just life, just to make sure that we were all on the right path for our congregation. But we did it because we knew the benefit of this community and, and what this place means. And we also wanted to be a benefit to the landlord or wherever we moved in. We wanted to be a benefit for them. And we have incredible volunteers here uh, that honestly make the wheels turn in this place. They're putting in work with your kids, changing diapers, running slides, playing music. Um, all, all of that matters. And that's all done on a volunteer basis. What's interesting is, um, I was talking to Nikki about this because it made a ton of sense. When we moved into this space, like we knew that it was going to be harder to set up and tear down. You're literally moving in and moving out every night. Like, think about doing that at your own home. Like, like I'm going to move out for the day and put all my stuff in my car or a storage unit and go to work and then come back and move it all in. Like, that's, that's how I thought every Tuesday. Like, this is going to be awful. Um, but, <laughs> but the last location we were at, like, we had it down. Just a few people could do it, no problem. And we're looking at this place like, this place is huge and... They're telling us, like, they're scaring us, like, don't touch the fire sprinkler downstairs where we put the signs because then all the water is going to go off and we're going to ruin the building. And I'm just, like, anxiety through the roof about how we're going to make this work. But everyone recognized this, and it's crazy that, that like, hey, if we all work together, the easier this is going to be. And we're all like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we're going to do this. And, like, we have people that show up early and stay late to help tear down. Like, that's incredible. I'm super thankful for that. And, and they're taking work out of what, or time out of whatever they're doing to put in the work here. That's like, yeah, just beyond words. So thank you all. Um, and then uh, recently, recently we had Dan over for dinner and out of the blue, he was like, hey, I'm trying to do trash and there's like 30 trash cans in this building. There's sometimes more tr tr trash cans than people. Like, what do, 
and, and I want to be a good, like, tenant. And even if there's one cup in the trash can, I'm still going to redo the trash can because I feel bad. And what do we need to do? And then, like, him and I together in unison are like, let's just show up early and hide some of the trash cans. And that was just, like, this huge aha moment around a fellowship table where we're like, this, this is going to work. Um, I mean, there's work happening inside this, this space and outside, and that is beautiful, and that is worship. So the work we do here translates to the work we do outside these walls, especially when we spend time together. So Phil and Michaela have been putting in ex- extra work with Friday night happy hour, and you know that entails like clean house, right? Like I'm not going to invite a bunch of people over if it's dirty. I got I to gotta clean it. And then prepping, prepping food, getting drinks ready. That stuff takes time and effort. And our community director, Nikki Jo, has been hosting Sunday dinners in an effort to spend some, you know, more quality one-on-one time with people. And it's the same thing. It's cleaning house, food to prepare, cleaning the three-year-old's toilet. Like, all, <laughs> right? I'm not going to leave that either. Like, sorry, that's, that's his fault. Um, like, that's, that's super important. And... Again, it takes time and effort, but we need community. I've changed. I've changed. Like pre-COVID, I was like, I want to get that floor mat like gone by nine or be gone by nine or the doormat, right? Like I was just like nine o'clock is my threshold. I'm done. And I think being cooped up for like two months has really given me a renewed sense of community. And I'm like every weekend, like we got to do something in the community. Otherwise, I'm going to lose it. Um, so, but that's just how I am. Sorry, but we need community and most likely we need help that others in our TNL community can provide. Um, I've done a few light plumbing projects over the years, which have been fun. Um, Nate helped me, Nate combed through my taxes to figure out why I didn't get a tax return, which was just super helpful to me because I can barely put in a phone number on my phone, like let alone try to figure out my taxes. Um, so thank you, Nate. Uh, Brandy blesses this church time and time again with her artistic passions and abilities. Um, and they're they're beautiful. And I have a couple of Brandy's illustrations in my house. So we all have gifts, experiences, talents, things to bring to the table. Sometimes it's through our occupation, the hobbies, the passions that we have. We can all help this community. We still need help with facilities, volunteering with kids, welcoming greeters. We would love to add more members of the band. They kicked me out like six years ago because I was too good. Um, But and, And also making sure this community stays safe on a Tuesday, which is incredibly important. Ryan's doing that. Thank you, Ryan. He must be really doing it. Something going on. But like all of those things are important. We need people who are willing to step up so the burden just doesn't fall on a few of us. We all add value to this place, whether it's inside here or in our homes. And I would challenge us to start thinking of ways that we can do that based on our experience and our gifts. We need you. Think about it. Talk to a friend. Reach out to Nikki Joe. She'll put you to work. I guarantee it. I was talking about that Ikea furniture. Like, it's, it's bad. So a few weeks ago, I was moving the signs out to the street, and I was looking at, like, what businesses are here just to see who's around. I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a gym right there. And I went over, and it's a really cool spot. And I was just like, 
oh, this is cool. Hey, I'm your new neighbor, kind of. I'm only gonna be here Tuesdays, but oh, by the way, we've got a church here. They're like, oh, we've seen your signs. And I was like, come on, like you're here. Haven't seen anyone, but I don't know if I scared them off. But it, it was really interesting. The next day I'm sitting at work and I've got a 50,000 square foot warehouse and about 15,000 square feet of it is occupied by hand sanitizer and wet wipes that no one wants anymore, but it's all new. So I called up the gym owner and I'm like, hey man, I met you last night. Do you remember me? Do you remember me? He's, he's, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, and I'm like, hey, I've got thousands of pallets of wipes and hand sanitizer. Gyms love those. Do you need some? He's like, yes, I'll take some. So now I, every now and then I just run him a couple boxes over, like win-win. And that's just like, I don't know, a really quirky way that I found to kind of fall into community around here. Because it's kind of a residential, or not residential, opposite, commercial strip. So it's just kind of awkward. But we have neighbors and all of their vehicles are out there. Like there's people still here. It's pretty cool. So talking a lot about um, us as a community here at TNL, um, what we've said over and over is that our mission is joining God to incite love, reduce suffering, and increase joy. So the last point, increase joy. That's for our community in and outside of these walls. So not only should you take the time to validate the work that is being done within our church community, but look for ways to validate the work of others outside this place as well. So the next time you're out and about, wherever you may go, do this. Ask the employees how they're doing. Hey, man, how are you doing? Like, what? Like, they, they get paid to ask you that. You're not on their clock. Flip the script on them, and they're like, okay, like, this, person's, this person really cares about me. That's really fun. Um, and that's how I've come to know a bunch of random people. But start flipping the script. Um, people love that. In, increase your relationships with customers and coworkers. Uh, you may have a routine customer or a coworker you don't know as well, or someone that you see on a regular basis at the coffee shop. Like, get to know those people. Uh, we still live in a time where staffing is hard. Grocery stores are wild. People are crazy. This was not in here, but on Sunday I went to the Apple Store to get my phone fixed, and I used to work there a while back, and saw a manager that um, I'm still really close with. He didn't see me at first, but he's literally getting verbally assaulted by this guy. And my kids are there, and I'm trying to, you know, push them out of the way, and I just kind of stand here, just watching to see what's going to happen. And the guy finally left, and he turned around and just gave me a big hug. And he's like, you are always here at the right time. And I'm like, wow, your job sucks. <laughs> but... Like, it's crazy out there, and people want friendly faces to be around. So seek out the places or the people that you're, you know, seeing on a regular basis. Get to know them. Um, like I said, probably a few places you go. Uh, write them thank you cards. Have your kids make artwork for them. That is incredible. We have kids, like, thank you. We have a thank you card bulletin board at our work. And then we get so much like random new kid stuff donated that we just hand out toys to kids. Like it's super fun, but it's, it's kind of just, let's just show each other joy, right? Um, but people love those things. 
And it's, it's just a welcome change in, in a world where you're consistently just embracing the suck on a daily basis. So I have a friend um, that has an older brother with special needs. And this is a great story that um, he's told a few times. But he was working in a, a chain grocery store. His former employees and coworkers took advantage of him left and right. Eventually, things shifted for him, and he landed a job in a much larger warehouse uh, store. He started moving up the ranks because, <clears throat> excuse me, because his coworkers and managers were so supportive about his job because they saw how passionate he was about it and how much he loved the people around. So he's now a cashier. His line could be a mile long, and there could be 20 cashiers ready and waiting nearby, but everyone is in his line. Why? It's because he makes a difference in these people's lives because he cares about them through the work that he does. And in turn, they care for him back. His customers are in his corner. So as we close, um, how can we, TNL, cultivate this kind of care for each other and for the people around us? What would it look like if we were mindful enough to do this? Something's going to happen. And I think I know what that is. I think we would incite some love, joy, reduce suffering. There is someone out there that needs it. There's someone out there that needs your time. We're going to close in a minute with the generosity prayer. Um, but one of the things that has always stuck out to me in the generosity prayer is, you know, every organization needs money to keep going. But we have other resources to give. Time, relationships, possessions. People need those things. And there's people around you that need those. Like my kids, they're getting there, but they don't necessarily need my money. Like if I gave my my daughter a dollar she'd probably color on it or like glue a quarter to her brother's head like they don't need that but they need my time right and probably steal some of my possessions and well as well but people need other types of support people need our time um, sometimes it's hey I'm I don't have this like do you have it um, I'm consistently asking my neighbor for stupid stuff like honey and butter and whatnot but People, there's a lot of people out there that are willing to give as well. So start thinking of ways you can cultivate that care for one another. Let me pray. Uh, Father, as we go out into society and the places that we frequent and the places that we go, um, may we be a light in this world. May we love our neighbor, love our neighbor at the coffee shop, at the grocery store. May we love the people that we interact with here at TNL. Father, thank you for this place, the community it brings and provides, the people that show up and put in work and effort and skill. So Father, we're thankful for this community, the staff that's here, the volunteers are here. Father, thank you for this time. It's in your name, amen.